0: We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly.
1: We're light a feather, we're tougher than weather. together we're weirder, we're weirder together.
0: Happy 2023.
1: 2020-20 vision. Aye.
0: Twenty Twenty Three was that a reggae tune?
1: No, it's um, from your
0: Rasta years.
1: No, it's that song. Can I get a hit and a, can, can I get a kiss and may it last forever? Is that Tyler the Creator?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that's a great tune. So uh, we did it. We pulled it off. It's it was a New Year. We, we it turned, was a New Year's Eve that had some complexity, the, logistical yes. complexity, but we we made it happen. Well, well we, we had Goldie was experiencing her first. Teenage New Year's Eve off doing her own thing, yes. seventh grade style. Yeah,
1: and then we we managed to... And then to we had
0: Kate shown up in LA on the day. My older kid, yep. And then we were like, okay, we're dropping a kid at a party. We're picking a kid up. How do our plans fit into this? How's this going to work?
1: Yeah, I was happy to be Goldie's uh, driver. And it worked out because we got invited by a friend Daphne to a really fun uh, party. I mean, everyone was in the same mood, like... Mustering positivity,
0: yeah. But they they mustered it pretty well. We crashed Courtney Applebaum's party. It was, it was a beautiful, so beautiful interior designer, and the house was it was very Unreal. stylish. I felt for a moment it was pouring rain, wasn't it? Oh, and that made it even more beautiful. And I stepped in a giant puddle, like up to my calf.
1: Yeah, and then there was at one point someone's hair caught a little bit on fire. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Just in that, and for her, I felt bad because it's the it smells. You know, that smell. Very specific. Very specific burning smell, but she was fine. Apparently human flesh has a very specific... Have you smelled that smell? No, maybe. But um, yeah, sorry, I'm moving right past that. And then a couple minutes later, there was a big sort of explosion sound, like as if an outdoor heater exploded, but it didn't. And then we were talking to someone who said, I think that was my car. (laughs) But I couldn't tell. I'm usually really good at decipher. Like when there's a funny sound, I usually am like, oh, that's a bird jumping off that third tree in our backyard and picking up. Like I can tell all the sounds. This one, I was like, what is that?
0: So this claim that you're making of this near superhuman ability to discern sounds one from another, how do you rationalize that with your kind of PTSD approach to loud sounds of any variety when we're driving in a car?
1: Well, that is different. Whatever it is, I've become Diane Cannon from Foul Play. No, from uh, Heaven Can Wait. Do you remember that movie with Warren Beatty? Diane Cannon plays a high-strung wife of um, Charles Grodin, and she's a genius, and she screams all the time at noises and stuff. But when
0: you're in that state, can you still discern the third branch tree? No, it's a perfect example of when
1: you're stressed – you lose like that's when you'll lose things that's when you'll forget you know what i mean but if i'm just chilling at home i can just i i think it's more i just understand the sounds of my house because i've been here for so long gotcha but it put me in a you know
0: an apartment in New York I might know
1: not know all the sounds but right. yeah so yeah, I'm only yeah. but yes if I'm in a car and there's a little I mean I don't noise, want to debunk I don't
0: want to debunk this claim you're making but I, I th- did, there's holes when, in the argument
1: when I was pregnant though you know your sense of smell becomes very acute is that the word? and mm-hmm. uh I could have been you know those experts that come in and find mold in your house and all of that. Like, I could smell mold. I could smell all Cheez- You were
0: able to sniff out a cheesesteak from, like, six to ten oh, blocks away, too. At
1: the time, that would have been... You loved it. Gross.
0: No, I'll never forget. I was on tour no, somewhere and you were driving along and it was like about 8.30 in the morning. You were like, hold on, I'm pulling over to get a chili cheesesteak. Well, I'm cheese not steak. a
1: big, I'm, in my heart, I'm still a vegan, but I'm not a big, like, I don't eat a lot of like, you know, I don't often, I don't think I'd ever had a, I'm not a big red meat eater, I would say, I guess. And I'm not, I so I don't know if I'd even ever had a chili cheesesteak, but when I was really pregnant, bad. this sort of, there, it's like an alien is in your stomach Telling you when you need to eat—it's the most intense feeling. So at eleven, I waited, and one place opened. I got it—the sandwich. I had a couple bites, and then I was like, oh, I, Then I felt kind of grossed out. But you I was think, satiated.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, I think the baby needed that cheesesteak, or so I thought.
0: Totally. And
1: yeah, do you think there's a funny tone for the new year, or just like? Well, I think
0: it's just sort of—we've all got collective sort of. Trauma or something over the last few years. And it sort of feels like time moving onwards. We're like, uh, yay? Yeah. Because everyone's a little bit like – we're somewhat hardened and we we don't know what to – I guess we are in – How do you
1: attach to life when it could fall apart so easily? Yes,
0: we are in acceptance of the fact that there is guaranteed almost to be something around the corner that we're not expecting and that is going to terrify us.
1: (laughs) And I think because things opened up a little bit and everyone started partying a little bit that we we weren't all like, oh, my God, I can go to a New Year's party because – because it first, didn't have the catharsis, yeah. And after our Christmas party, who needed to go out? It was just too good.
0: Oh, okay. So, That's you're saying true. actually parties are over? So, would you say parties are on your out list for 2023? <laughs> no, I <laughs> But I that was a gorgeous party. party. There's something so nice about that party crashing was parties. And we, we, you know, we were newsive party crushers. The, the crashing parties is so great because you. You don't have really any emotional ties to it, other than you know you got to be a good guest.
1: Yes, and that table, her her style. I was saying, could I ever have a party like that? It was so beautiful. The, the cheese
0: plate was next level. It this was looked, it was. Firstly, it, it was, was three so complete wheels, but of but cheese. beautiful, beautiful like wheels. like
1: like a painting, but
0: like a wheel cheese painting.
1: Yeah, like I want to say, like. Not like a medieval table setting that was minimalist, because but it was simple. The scale of the cheese was beautiful. Everything had a beautiful shape to it. Like as an artist, the colors, the the lighting, the the amount of food was sort of minimal, and of course, and it was very simple, but you know, just the best of the best. It was very beautiful.
0: Yeah, we had a really good spicy, spicy margarita too.
1: Oh, yeah. But I got some of the tahine sauce on the bridge of my nose. And then around, you know, at a certain point, you said, you have this funny reddish line on your face. But I, I think it had just got there.
0: You know, as a partner of to, to a woman who wears makeup, we're sometimes put in a difficult situation where we are expected to kind of be, you know, a good wingman.
1: No, no, that was really and, good. But you gotta
0: decide, you got to pick your battles.
1: No, I like that. You know, that. like a few
0: weeks ago when you walked into your mum's and you'd done your makeup in your car. Mm, and and I there was a whole like, lot of problems. I
1: looked like whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah, it
0: wasn't one thing. Like with that, with the Tajin <laughs> on the bridge of the nose, I could easily say...
1: Hey, on hey, the bridge I as like nose. hey love, take
0: take a beat, <laughs> take a beat, wipe that tahina off the bridge. You know, you are good to go. Yeah. At the the other thing you, at your mum's so house, so
1: Aussie masculine. Hey love,
0: <laughs> hey love. But at your mum's house with the baby Jane makeup, mm-hmm. I I just couldn't. I didn't know where to start. And when with... I
1: tell, if you have never seen that movie, so picture
0: Betty Davis
1: um, with white foundation and just circles. I didn't have the white foundation, but. The circle... Big sh- rosy red clown the, rouge. The, you know, because there's a new thing, I don't know if you know, pretty new, where there's these sort of lip and blush. It's in one thing. So you put on a little... Wait, what do you lip. mean? It's the same... You it's, get the same product? Yeah, using it's sort it of simple. either looks like a sort of... Oh, and
0: then you put a little lipstick into your makeup on the yeah, cheeks? Yeah, it's
1: sort of yeah. a thing that can be both for lips and cheeks. So in the car, I just, as I, I put it on my lips, put it on my cheeks, but I thought I rubbed it in enough... Didn't so my lips. I don't know that what was happening there.
0: Well, your lips, you chose the approach you chose was more, (laughs) it was like you were dealing with the circumference of the (laughs) lips, you were. I don't know. You, you were going for plumpness. You went for volume. I
1: guess. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. But was... that was only with my family. Exactly. And... It was okay.
0: It's almost like I wondered if it was a passive-aggressive thing where you were trying to degrade the situation. I've had
1: friends, I don't know if I can explain this, that are they're extremely beautiful kind of sort of- I'm with you so far. I'm Dynamic, dynamic with you. I'm with you. Okay. families, like wealthy. Okay. I'm thinking of a certain particular couple, friends of mine. And it seems like they almost on purpose- will have something really weird, like maybe let, f- not let food drop in their clothes, but like, you know, I had a friend, she she like maybe wouldn't shave her legs, which is cool now and fine. But back then, and then like, it's hard to explain, not wear underwear, but like she's French, but it was like done in a way that was kind of, almost like when, when Johnny Depp wore his hair and his face for 21 Jump Street. It's like you're too, Fabulous and beautiful, and your family's too dynamic. You need to kind of like fuck it up.
0: Squeaky wheel gets the grease, baby.
1: Yeah, and but I, I don't need. It's hard to get
0: that attention from mommy and daddy that we so need.
1: Yeah, like this sort of like you know, let your eyebrows be all funny or something or other. And I'm not, I'm not doing that, by the way. I think when you
0: grow up in a very accepting family, you you have to find these more subtle ways to rebel. We each need to disappoint our parents. It's its a vital yeah. you know, part of our process I of individuation. I think for them, the,
1: the parents were very chic, so maybe that exactly. was why. So you, you, you fuck up those eyebrows. It wasn't accepting, so they needed to... Or you just want to be loved for yourself, not your good looks. I, l- I love
0: you for both. I love you for yourself. But your your good looks, they don't hurt. I got to tell you.
1: Yeah, you were nice last night. You said you have never looked better. Something like that. Well, that's true. I've been going through a phase where I've been not excited about. Getting older? I don't know. You know, you go through some phases. Well, not even phase but you catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, I'm beautiful. And then you have times where you're. I think the, the, the new year, it does make you feel like the beginning of school, like I'm going to d- exfoliate and I always wear moisturizer because I just sort of have to in LA and whatever my skin type, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I'm going to really...
0: Oh, you lather yourself in it. You you Your relationship to moisturizer <laughs> is almost like those swimmers doing the English Channel yeah. where they cover themselves in Vaseline yeah. and, and whale wou- blubber to insulate exactly. themselves from and the cold. And you wouldn't
1: know it's my skin sucks it up and then like, you know, an hour later... I'm, you know...
0: How about you meeting a (gasps) fan... Who expressed her... I know. We
1: have to um, have a section. You know how people have, like, in Threedom, they do the restaurant roundup, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. ours is the name drop section. Oh, yeah. Our whole podcast is, is full dropping. of name dropping. Yeah. It's okay. I feel
0: like people are coming... They're, they're partly coming for the uh, they're coming for the, the cultural touchstones yeah. they recognize.
1: And we're not, like, you know, going to Perez Hilton and to make people sound bad. That's right. It's all good, isn't it? We're not going to draw um, sperm on people's faces. No,
0: we save the embarrassing stories... We- when we finally go into, like, the bonus uh, freemium model, you know, where people have to pay for oh, that's right. where you're going to really get the it, dirt. Yeah. It's well, you're going to
1: draw penises all over people.
0: All just, it's going to be a podcast, an extra episode <laughs> once a week where we draw penises on people. You can't see the visuals, but you hear the sound <laughs> and of the crying, pen those crying eye lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: just, probably got into him a little while ago for a second. I and I then, followed, I did follow in Paris the way Hilton. beginning of was, and then a
0: Perez the, Hilton. Yeah.
1: yeah, did I say Paris? Hilton? I think I said it, I don't uh, know. But yeah, so I, yeah, again, going back to the getting older thing, like when I'm at a party like that, it was a lot of. It was like a crossroads reunion party of, um, which is a private school in LA of kids who are what are they in the '30s or something?
0: Yeah, '30s, '40s. Um,
1: and so I'm, you know, a little bit older, but and and you know, people adore us. Like I said before. Beautiful babies, if you were listening, that we're people. The kids like to take us around still, <laughs> but at the end of you're, the party, you're just like
0: the sex, the sexy grandma. <laughs> uh,
1: um, this is sort of like what happened at um, Kelly Oxford's at the the way end of the party. There was an. Young English guy who loved the Rachel Papers, a movie I was in, and he was like fanning out at the last minute. Same with this party, sort of at the last minute. Of the I know, I've got to say, you
0: know how a lot of people feel intimidated to go up to people who they respect or they know their work or something. The thing that people don't realize about artists, whatever, musicians, actors. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Come on up. Come yeah. on up. Say hi. Come on up. It's about. And, it's it's like the the uh, Kate Berlant John Ellie dinner. You know that thing at oh, the end yeah. of this special where they're like, it's about the work. Just acknowledge the yeah. work. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think when I do it, I'm gonna perfect the and and the girl who did it, woman, young woman who did it to me, uh, was perfect. But like the when you say to someone, "I like your work," I guess you have to learn how to say a line after. So because I find <laughs> if people say it sometimes, I'm like, thank you so much. And then I have to be the one to kind of like, because then you're just standing there looking at each other. I used
0: to be more withholding in terms of compliments in a way. And then I realized that sometimes if there's a charge, if if, if you're meeting someone and you do like their work and you know who they are and you don't say it, it can actually be read as hostility or dislike.
1: Oh, right. Because it's a weird vibe. And it's Because you you you're giving sort
0: of a weird vibe it. and you're withholding. And so A couple of months ago, we met Dimitri Martin at something. And I straight away, I was like, I admire your work, man. And it's like, it almost gets it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then,
1: yeah, and then you could move on. But she, Natalie. From Wiseblood, yeah. um, Is is dating a friend of ours. And uh, she said she loved River's Edge.
0: I know, isn't that sweet? That movie is a real touchstone for the alternative community across the generations. Yeah, it's
1: really, it's, it's a very sophisticated, I mean... With the soundtrack and the DP. I mean, it wasn't just a teen It was double penetration. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't just another teen flick. It's a very intelligent, good movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. think Crispin Glover's.
0: Incredible. Yeah. Together we're leader, we're leader together.
1: Lot of burps going on. Know,
0: we're both, <laughs> but we're both burping a lot, aren't we? Or is it just me? Uh, well, you're drinking
1: bubbly water.
0: I know. What are you drinking? I,
1: I'm having coffee, but yeah, I'm feeling like a
0: burp. What about um, Cooper who climbs into bed with us in the morning, our big dog? <laughs> it's and so funny. He, it's like this a baby. morning, he got hiccups and he was really irritated with them. <laughs> so he'll, like, he, he's lying there. We're all trying to go back to sleep. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and then he does another one. He's like, <laughs> and then he gets annoyed with himself and he's like, He he would hiccup and then sort of growl at him, his own self. So, yesterday on Instagram, I said, Hey, we're going to record the first part of the year. Does anyone have any questions for us? We normally take voice notes at weirdetogetherpod at gmail.com. People can continue to send them in. But I thought this was kind of fun. Okay, let's go. Just ask. So, so these are some questions we got. So, our friend Sally Edwards from Blag. Yeah. She said, What are your predictions for mankind? Or, or womankind, humankind in 2023. I think she was just um, wanting to differentiate. She was not just asking for cultural predictions of like, what comedians are going to be big or something, but like, where, where are we going in 2023 as a whole, as a species? I'm going to let you start with that. Go, Ben. <laughs> Me, where are we going? I think we are going to, I think the world of uh, AI photos that generated on Instagram are going to continue their uh, reign of terror. I think uh, there is going to be a more expensive alternative to Air One that's going to pop up. It's going to be an under. It's going to be. It's almost like you think your mind is blown by the prices at Air One. Just wait and see what's coming next. I think Tesla's are going out. I think the intelligentsia's frustration with Elon Musk is going to have people are going to start putting bumper stickers. Over the Tesla icons in their cars. And what like, will it say? Like, like if this if this EVs are rockin', don't come a knocking, uh, pussy wagon, um, you know, just just like <laughs> yeah. some just good wild bumper stickers. Oh, coexist. Right. You know, written right, in all of the different the, icons like, of religion. Yeah. Basically I think you're gonna see a fleet of Teslas riding around with coexist stickers over their uh, logos you that's my big prediction genius. what do you think what do you th- what do you see happening this year
1: i see you ghostwriting all my jokes for every <laughs> public appearance i i have you're okay. so I, funny i also
0: see i also see sarah and sally edwards potentially doing a podcast yeah on our network that's a okay. prediction <laughs> it's a hope uh, okay here's another one okay there was a couple questions there's actually two different questions one is from Davis L. Daniel and I didn't write who the other one was, but they were both about parenting during this time of global tumult and uncertainty. Yeah. And one person, D- Davis, was very dour and sad. He said, having a kid in this hellscape,
1: right. how do you
0: not cripple with anxiety for their future? Yeah. And someone else mentioned something similar, which was basically like, how do you parent sort of positively and peacefully? when there's so much to stress about.
1: I've had friends who sort of don't want to expose their kids and you can kind of shelter them, but I don't think that's a possibility. You know, there's a lot of ways to deal with, uh, you know, anxiety and depression and just to keep the communication going and talking and processing. I mean, when Goldie was really little, I don't know if we did this with Kate, but we go backwards of the day. Like today we you know, had a bath, we had dinner, you sort of process, help kids process things, process, process. But yes, it's been a very intense time. And I don't know, there's, I love our our friend, um, Lucia is doing some work around and projects around environment, the environment, and how to kind of stay creative and positive. Yeah,
0: climate change anxiety and still the desire to, like, be a parent and to create and to be yeah, positive. And, so yeah,
1: so I don't know. It's it's suddenly I think, you can't, like, pretend nothing's happening, but the best you can do is hold one another. Yeah, I don't I th- know. <laughs> I think
0: some of it is also if you raise your kids with a service-oriented mindset, that part of the reason, like, whenever the kids get really stressed and like, what's the point? You know, because that's very natural to be despairing like that. Yeah. I always try and draw them back to the idea that like, the point is to help people and add good things to the world. And if if you're in a kind of service-oriented mindset, you don't need things to be perfect. In fact, living at a time of distress potentially creates more opportunities for you to be of service and be positive and be yeah. supportive. and of I notice that,
1: that I notice that the mind or the psyche can't. It, it it doesn't even in the most terrible times. It can, it either gets exhausted, but it can't maintain the a level of stress and despair. People are strong sometimes, you know. But but of course, I'm t- talking about you know we are in a, a situation that's not as horrendous as others. You know, I'm thinking of people playing music when the Titanic is going down, but I'm just saying, I mean, that's intense, but I'm just saying that there's... <laughs> that, that is intense, but I do, but I'm I just do like i do like saying there's times like, where you yeah. just like, for some reason, people will find a dance or
0: or whatever, yes. something, you know. Like Killer Mike said a whole thing about that, is said, saying the thing about growing up where he grew up, there was a lot of violence and stuff. He said, it's like the jungle, but the thing about living in the jungle and growing up in the jungle is you learn to laugh. And you learn that those moments that you share amongst community laughing and lifting each other up yeah. is it's kind of what you have. Yeah. And I always found that really inspiring. Let me ask you another question. Yeah. Something that came through on Instagram was someone who asked us, What is our favorite dream or goal of our partner?
1: Oh. Interesting I like question, that. right? Mm. Like, like,
0: so I'll start with this because one of the moments I fell in love with you was to do with this very question. You said to me, right when we started dating, you said, I have high hopes for us. And your ability to imagine a positive future unashamedly, and that you saw in us the raw material for a great couple and a great romantic partnership. So I think one of the one of the goals or dreams that i that you have that i love about you is how important love and relationships are to you and your desire to be in a happy nourishing wonderful marriage and that to me has been really i've benefited from that
1: oh that's so nice yeah my hope high hopes for you my high hopes for you <laughs> no no no
0: no what is so the it's a bit of a confusing <laughs> question the question is what is the favorite hope or dream of mine that you like <laughs> oh that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Like well, I
1: love. Um, I mean, you're very career orientated. I like your career. I like the way you think about your career. It's a, it's a diversified dream. It's a bit, it's sort of you have a lot of, um, you you seem to you're starting to know even more and more like, you know, like what you're good at, and you're sort of branching out in these really great kind of natural ways where you're in, that you have a couple of things sort of going on, but there are things you
0: like. Yeah, I can't have just one thing. If I only have one dream, if I only have one goal, I get too top-heavy with it. Sure. Like it, it. I worry about it and I obsess yeah. about it too much. For me, having multiple horses in the race at any given time is part of how I stay in the right perspective.
1: Yeah, right? and you're enjoying – I could see you're enjoying uh, your, your body. <laughs> 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 I just mean like you're <laughs> – you're like exercise stuff, like and it's just sort of you're you've got a lot of energy. Yeah. What yeah, is that, Veda? What is that in the? Oh, in the ayurveda. Yeah, you've got I a think lot of like kafa. Peter, I think is the don't know. Like, more sporty. But I like um, that. Okay,
0: so uh, the last question that was. asked Oh yeah, is, your
1: tennis, you love.
0: Yeah. Okay. The real Pedro five oh five. He's he's an Instagram friend of mine. I have no idea how we connected initially. He's a Native American dude. Super cool. Loves weed. Uh, I don't know much about him, but we like each other on Instagram. Um, But he asked an interesting question. How do we all comfortably live on Indian land? Which is like a very complex question. How do
1: we personally?
0: I think he's saying like, how do we all, how do we do this? How do we, as descendants of white people that traveled to parts of the world that they weren't, you know, ancestrally based in, you know, living on... Land that has displaced the indigenous people, whether that's in Australia or in America or Canada, um, how do we do that in a way that Well, I
1: don't think it can be comfortable. I think people need uh, to have more say. Indigenous and first Nation Americans and every all the first Nation people, the indigenous people need to have more say in the government and in the way that they would like to be listened to. And I think the respect, like, has to deepen in a different way, like what what your friend was saying in Australia about having the, – they have an Aboriginal person come and speak. Oh, Emily
0: Waramori. Yeah she, yeah. she was talking about how when they bring a First Nations person to do a welcome to country at a gig, sometimes they're like – they bring them in on an Uber, out on an Uber, and there's not even, like, water and refreshments, and there's sort of an active dishonouring – of the native voice that's meant to be there so that you can honor. You yeah, know, so yeah.
1: continue the education, and there's more and more of an understanding that there's all sorts of different types of people and all sorts of different types of Muslims, and all sorts of, you know, just expanding the awareness of, you know, that there's.
0: That there's not one single voice that represents a and just vision not one for what a type, native is. Like, na- like, there's yeah. only. Like, yeah, and I think for us as white people, just being willing to continue to clumsily make efforts to do what we can like i remember hearing um do i did a game I know it. i
1: don't know what i can do personally cuz i probably should be doing something and you know please let me know cuz i'm just talking about the concepts
0: for others to do <laughs> but you know yeah but that's I, I think that's what we what we have we have our ability to listen and to get together and chat and come up with things i mean the th- the thing about land acknowledgments that are Complicated is, and some
1: people say cringy, and of course, but.
0: yeah. And but that's kind of what I mean by like we have to clumsily continue to step forward. That I'd rather, as a white person, uncomfortably do it, yeah, and and make and make mistakes and not be, and you know, I have Aboriginal friends and uh, who make jokes on Twitter about the sort of redundancy of white people doing acknowledgements of country, but it's really, I look at it as like, well, I'm going to just continue to keep doing what I can, even if it's clumsy and messy and not perfect. Cause it's, it's a signifier of the fact that we are willing to learn and move forward and try and figure out solutions together. So that's all the questions.
1: Okay, <laughs> 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 Who's the first comedian you were aware of loving when you were a kid?
0: The first comedian. I remember me and my friends Brett and Yaniv, we someone got Eddie Murphy Raw and Delirious. Uh-huh. And we watched those religiously. Yeah. And then Andrew Dice Clay.
1: Yes. And that
0: was and then in Australia Rodney Rood. Really? Yeah. Albums, though albums, you really had, liked them. What if we liked it? But you'd hear. Oh wait, Kevin Bloody Wilson. He was a comedian who did this poem called "Hey Santa, You Cunt," and it was. Um, <laughs> let me let me pull it up. Actually, hold
1: on. I'm only saying. Oh, really? Because I thought uh, I did. A, we did a bit when I was in Australia. We took our Weirder Together show on the road, and we did a, a bit. And I did a whole. What's it PowerPoint. called? PowerPoint about Rodney Rood because we did a whole bit that I had to learn about an Australian to get my green card or something. Yeah. And I didn't know you genuinely liked Rodney Rood. Well, I don't
0: know if I genuinely liked it, but when you're a kid anyone who swears... Yes. Is, so Kevin Bloody Wilson was an Australian comedian who did this song called Hey Santa Claus, You Cunt. <sighs> it's the kind of poem that I don't know if I'd feel comfortable making it part of our show where we read it out. You know, people listen to this in their car with their kids in the back or something. I don't know if Hey Santa Claus, You Cunt is a family reading. You that know, we'd want but on the I podcast. know what you're
1: what you mean, like Hey, anything. another bonus
0: another bonus up idea. Oh, you know, right. put it behind a paywall. Yeah. That's right. We yeah. can do that. Readings of Kevin Bloody Wilson and Rodney Rood by Ben Lee and Ione Sky. The end. <laughs> anyway, uh, follow us on our socials, uh, rate and review this podcast. We love
1: you, beautiful babies. Woo! Together we're get we together. Planning for your next trip?